0: This episode includes scary stories told by our middle school math teachers, one of which contains mentions of suicide and death. If that makes you uncomfortable, feel free to skip this episode.
1: Boo! Hello, and welcome to the Harley Parley. On today's episode, we have some scary stories for you. But first, Alex with the
0: bullets. Thanks, Kira. On November 5th or 6th, we'll be celebrating getting a new middle school playground. On November 1st, there's no school for conferences. The 5th and 6th grade have an informance on Thursday, the 4th of November. On November 5th is the first Friday assembly. On November 11th, there's no school for Veterans Day. And on the 12th, Grandparents and Special Friends Day. On the 18th, there's a fall instrumental concert. And on the 24th begins Thanksgiving recess. Now on to Adam with Mr. O'Brien and Clara with Miss Allen and their scary stories.
1: Thanks, Alex. Today, we have Mr. O'Brien with a scary story. Okay, um, I was asked to do a, like a scary story. I don't really know any scary stories. I don't, um, I'm a math teacher, I'm not an English teacher. But I'll, I'll tell you what, um, it's a true story, I don't know if it's scary. Or not, but um, I've worked at Harley for a while, and I, my father-in-law we used to be the um, science teacher here. Uh, he would teach all the science courses, and sometimes he'd do some crazy Things in chemistry, and one year he was teaching biology, and he was doing genetics. And he actually um, crossed two animals. He had uh, like a, a little dog and, and a larger pig, and he crossbred them. Um, and this happened right at Harley. So I, uh, and uh, actually, it was successfully, and he created um, what he called pig dogs. Um, and so there were some pig dogs. They were cute when they were little, um, but they, then they got quite quite big Um, and we couldn't have them in the school anymore Um, my father-in-law left the school in anger um, because he loved those pig dogs more than his own children Um, and he left the school because of that and the pig dogs were never seen again but when they were there they were a combination of pigs and dogs Um, very large rank 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 was what they said or barked squealed so my my father-in-law left never came back some people say though that as a show of anger and revenge he left two pig dogs in the building now you're saying well we haven't seen a pig dog around here but i don't know if you notice but there's the walls here have have spaces between them, and even in my own, my own room, there's a lot of area up above where things could hide. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but um, there's a little mouse in my ceiling. Some people think it's there for a Christmas mouse or some fun thing. Actually, I'm concerned about pig dogs in the ceiling and pig dogs in the walls, because sometimes I'm here late at night, and I'll hear little scratchings on the wall and sometimes I will even hear I'll hear some some students say Mr. O'Brien my test and I say no don't come in here now because I heard noises Wait, did you just hear that I heard something in the wall what is that And next up, we have Ms. Allen with her spooky, scary story.
2: The Cursed Mummy and Other Supernatural Encounters. The Cursed Mummy. In the late 1890s, a party of four well to do young English gentlemen made an extended tour of archaeological excavations in Egypt. One evening, in the bar of their hotel in Luxor, they met an antiques dealer who engaged them in a lively conversation about archeology span and some of the artifacts he had acquired over the years. In fact, said the dealer, I've just purchased an exquisite sarcophagus that contains the intact mummy of a princess of the 13th dynasty. It is the crown jewel of my collection. Would you like to see it? The young gentleman said they were very eager to see the sarcophagus. Please come to my warehouse tomorrow morning about nine, the dealer said. At exactly nine o'clock the next morning, the dealer met the four travelers on the narrow street outside his warehouse. Good morning, he said as he shook each man's hand. You're very punctual. Then, drawing a key from his pocket, he unlocked the warehouse door and threw it open. Please come in, the dealer said. The dealer led the young man through a labyrinth of wooden crates to a room at the rear of the building. Inside, standing upright in the middle of the small room, was the princess's sarcophagus. It was eight feet tall and inlaid with gold and semi-precious stones on the lid was a portrait of the princess herself her face serene and lovely and her eyes wide open as if she were still alive oh it's superb the young man said i think so too said the dealer for the next hour the five men examined the sarcophagus sarcophagus closely. The dealer read the inscriptions for them and even opened the lid as his visitors could examine the mummy of the princess. Then one of the Englishmen cleared his throat and said, "Would you have you considered selling this?" The dealer seemed taken aback by the suggestion, but now all four of the young men pressed him to sell the treasure. After some negotiation, the men settled on a price of £10,000 in sterling. They each wrote the dealer a check for £2,500 and asked him to have the sarcophagus packed up and sent to their hotel that evening as they were planning to begin their journey home to England the next day. Before we conclude our arrangement, the dealer said, I should warn you that the mummy is said to be cursed. If you are having second thoughts, I will tear up the checks now without any hard feelings. The gentleman smiled and said, Thank you, but none of us is superstitious. Late in the day, the packing crate containing the sarcophagus arrived at the hotel. As three of the gentlemen met in the bar for drinks after dinner, they saw the fourth member of their party walking out towards the desert. They waited for him all that evening and looked for him the next morning. At last, they went to the British consulate to report their friend missing. They notified the Luxor police, but a thorough investigation turned up no trace of the missing Englishman. He was never seen again. From that moment, trouble seemed to haunt the young travelers. One was shot accidentally in the right arm as his servant packed his hunting rifles. Although a surgeon from the British Embassy in Cairo came to Luxor to treat the young man, the wound became gangrenous and his arm had to be amputated. The third man in the foursome found his return home. Bad investments had destroyed his family fortune. The fourth man was struck down by an illness which no doctor in England could diagnose or cure. Remembering the dealer's warning of a curse, the surviving travelers put the sarcophagus up for sale. They found a buyer almost immediately, a London businessman with a passion for Egyptian antiquities. But no sooner had the sarcophagus been installed in the businessman's home than the curse struck again. His wife and two of his children were severely injured when their carriage overturned. Then the family's house caught fire, destroying every Egyptian artifact in their collection, except at the sarcophagus. Some days later, the Times reported that the British Museum had received a superb sarcophagus from an anonymous donor. As two workmen unloaded the sarcophagus in the museum courtyard, one of the men slipped and broke his leg. The other dropped dead two days later. Now the princess's curse fell upon the British Museum. Night watchmen heard the sound of frantic hammering and sobbing from the coffin. Ooh, other artifacts displayed in the same gallery as the sarcophagus were hurled about by some unseen hand. A guard who witnessed the uncanny events died of fright. A charwoman who scoffed at the curse and flicked her dust clock at the mummy's face lost her only child to a deadly case of measles. By now, the newspapers had heard of the strange occurrences surrounding the prince's sarcophagus. The photographer who took the picture of the sarcophagus for his newspaper found when he developed the film that the serene image of the princess was replaced by a grotesque, horrifying face. The photographer hurried home, locked himself in his room, and shot himself in the head. The museum's curators ordered the sarcophagus to be kept in the storage in the basement. Within days, the foreman who had supervised the move was found dead at his desk. A private collector with an interest in the occult purchased the sarcophagus from the British Museum and then invited the renowned spiritualist Madame Helena Blavatsky to perform an exorcism. After spending a few moments in the princess's presence, however, Madame Blavatsky hurried out of the room, saying, no one can overcome such evil. For 12 years, the sarcophagus passed from one owner to the next, leaving behind a trail of disasters and tragedies. Then an American archaeologist found the sarcophagus and purchased it. The curse did not frighten him. He attributed all of his misfortunes to the previous owners, to the quirks of circumstance. In early April of 1912, he arranged for the sarcophagus to be shipped to America and booked a stateroom for himself aboard the same ship a luxurious new cruise ship of the white star line that was making its maiden voyage to new york the name of the ship transporting the sarcophagus was the titanic
1: thank you so much mr o'brien and miss allen your scary stories were amazing and goodbye and see you later thank you for listening to this week's halloween episode we hope you enjoyed happy halloween